1: Good morning. It's 830 on Monday, May 11th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show...
0: Please listen. This virus is real. This virus is still in our communities.
1: Governor Tate Reeves continues to plead with Mississippians to take the coronavirus seriously as more businesses are set to reopen today. And the coronavirus has upended the travel industry. Hotels are vacant, festivals and events are canceled. We hear from tourism experts in the state about steps being taken to lure visitors back. Then we hear how medical students are using their knowledge to volunteer to help healthcare workers during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Starting today, barbershops, salons, and gyms across the state can reopen. This is the latest executive order signed by Governor Tate Reeves to gradually remove restrictions he's set in place because of the coronavirus pandemic. While some businesses are reopening, the governor says Mississippians must continue taking precautions against this highly contagious virus.
0: We are placing strict health rules on salons and barbers, and allowing them to reopen. Same thing with gyms. Now let's all be honest. We are not doing this because there is no risk associated with you going there. There is risk every single time you leave your home. There will be risk should you choose to go to any of these businesses that will be reopened. I'm doing this because I believe that I cannot allow our small businesses to fold and for families to be destroyed simply by government order. You have to make wise decisions for yourself and your family. You have to do what we have begged from the beginning. Stay smart. Use common sense. Stay safe. Look out for your friends and your family and your neighbors. Show the true spirit of Mississippi. We can do this. We can reopen and we can be smart.
1: Governor Reeves says after consulting with state health officials, he's laying out strict social distancing guidelines and sanitation protocols for the businesses to reopen. For salons and barbershops, those guidelines include face coverings for all employees who come in direct contact with customers. All waiting areas are to remain closed, and customers must wait in their vehicles until their appointment time. For gyms, all high-touch areas must be sanitized at least once every two hours, and no more than 30 percent of the gym's maximum capacity is to be utilized. With more than 200,000 Mississippians unemployed, Governor Reeves says he's trying to avoid another Great Depression.
0: We're reaching the point where the damage to these families is as disastrous as any virus. We are headed towards the point where the cure could become even worse than the disease. I have to do what I believe is right, but... To the people of Mississippi, I am asking you, I am begging you to exercise personal responsibility. Do not put yourself or others at risk. Please listen. This virus is real. This virus is still in our communities. It is certainly worse in some communities than it is in others. That is an issue that we're continuing to monitor and talk about, and we'll probably make additional actions for certain areas as we go forward. I want you to know, to those of you who are as worried as I am about the public health dangers, I truly believe that this stand today can help us accomplish both of our goals. If you back people into a corner, They will give up on the mission rather than ease up on the measures. Pushing for shutdowns with no end in sight, in my opinion, at this point, will do more harm in our fight against the virus than good. I truly believe that.
1: Governor is also extending his safer-at-home order for another two weeks. It was set to expire this morning. It requires medically vulnerable people to stay home and suggests that people continue to work from home if possible.
0: This fight is not over. Please, please take me seriously. Please take this virus seriously. I know, and everyone in this state won't this to be over. It is not. You are needed. It is by your action that can make a difference. You can keep yourself, your family, and your neighbors safe. This virus is real. This virus is a threat. It is deadly. And please, I beg you, do not listen to the voices in your life that tell you that there is no danger. There is danger for all of us. There is particular danger for those over the age of 65 and those who have preexisting conditions. This fight is not over. We are not back to normal because our enemy is still in our midst.
1: Restaurants across the state began opening their doors last week. They're allowed to reopen dining rooms and patios with seating capacity limited by 50 percent. Those rules remain in effect through May 25th. Coming up, the coronavirus has upended the travel industry. Hotels are vacant, festivals and events are canceled. We hear from tourism experts in the state about steps being taken to lure visitors back. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The COVID-19 pandemic has halted Mississippi's growing tourism industry, but communities across the state are coming up with new ways to attract visitors until travel is possible again. MPB's Alexandra Watts reports.
2: We We are are tourism tourism strong. strong.
3: We are are tourism strong. strong. We are
2: Mississippi tourism strong. Tourism Tourism is the state's fourth largest industry, employing over 100,000 people and bringing almost 25 million people and billions of dollars into the state. Mississippians stand in front of places ranging from beaches to landmarks made famous by blues music. But the COVID 19 pandemic has temporarily shut down everything from restaurants and casinos to museums. And areas from the coast to the delta are feeling the pain, according to Rochelle Hicks, the executive director of the Mississippi Tourism Association.
1: So when you think about that $6.7 billion that's normally flowing into our state, and that money is not flowing into our state right now because
4: of those jobs and um, those businesses being closed, that's going to make a huge impact.
2: Now that it's late spring, many tourists would be heading out on trips. But travel groups are encouraging people to use virtual tourism instead. That could mean anything from viewing a museum's collection from your living room to taking a road trip to Mississippi. Here's Rochelle Hicks again.
1: So we participated in the virtual road trip that was all across the United States. And so we had several of our partners from Mississippi who participated in the virtual road trip. And so that was really fun because they got to showcase a lot of their different restaurants and their attractions and things from their area and in their community.
2: So virtual tourism is a way for people to stay engaged with vacation spots they can't visit right now, like the Delta town of Clarksdale, which is known for the blues. Bubba O'Keefe of Visit Clarksdale says it's working. It has been able to support these different restaurants and businesses, hotels and lodgings that is a benefit to our community. We realized that we needed to try to figure out something to keep visit clarksdale out in front of the people so that they wouldn't forget us here this year the town's popular juke joint festival canceled its in-person event however the show still went on
0: today you're going to enjoy about 27 acts streaming live from
2: where they live
0: in most cases
2: the concert was streamed to people all over the world live blues concerts are now broadcast every day too and you can explore the streets of clarksdale on a virtual tour
3: Welcome
0: to Clarksdale. We'll spend the next hour or so taking you through town and introducing y'all to some of the other storytellers.
2: Movers and shakers here. You can't follow the voices into spots like the Hambone Gallery, but its owner and local musician Stan Street says it's still a way to engage people.
4: And actually, I'm kind of glad to be quarantined here uh, because it's just, it's quiet and you will open up, I think, a little sooner than in the hot spots, the big cities and, and that, so anyway, when we're open for business, please come and support us.
2: But even with all the uncertainty businesses face, Milton Sagara of coastal Mississippi says his area is ready for post-COVID travelers looking for a change after being cooped up for months.
0: Those travelers are saying, I want to go to places. Now that I know that they took good care while this pandemic, I want to go to places that are not crowded. I want to go to places that I can connect with the nature. I want to go to places that I will not feel, you know, the pressure of being uh, so close to so many people. And we believe that coastal Mississippi is exactly that.
2: He says his area's hotel industry has gone down 71 percent during the pandemic, as the region's casinos and beaches have been closed. Meanwhile, there's no timeline for tourism getting back to normal, and it's not even clear what post-COVID travel will look like. Alexandra Watts, MPB News.
1: Coming up, we hear how medical students are using their knowledge to volunteer, helping health care workers during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
2: On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app.
1: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. The COVID-19 pandemic has moved the education of medical students at the University of Mississippi Medical Center online. Since mid-March, clinical rotations for medical students have been suspended. The goal was to protect the safety of students and patients and to reduce community spread. To help during the crisis, more than 350 of them are now volunteering throughout Mississippi. Ashley Brown is a fourth-year medical student who will start her residency next year at the Blair E. Batson Children's Hospital. She's one of the student team leaders and talks with MPB's Desiree Frazier.
5: We have over 350 student volunteers from across six different professional schools, um, and then not only that side of scheduling, I also help with the donation PPE. So we have a lot of people in the community that have been donating face masks, gowns, um, a lot of the family physicians, family practices in the area. And we take all those donations and we go through them and count them for inventory and then pass them out to the healthcare workers in the front lines. How do you think
4: we're doing in terms of PPE at this point?
5: From our standpoint of donations, we've graciously gotten a whole lot. Um, and as they keep coming, we find that we're able to now set some things aside and um, Now, with that being said, certain things that are donated can't necessarily be used for patients who actually have COVID. So that PPE, I think, is still very scarce, just because that's something that has to come from the government level. Um, But in regards to donations and just being covered in the general hospital areas, I think we're doing great.
4: What does it mean um, as a student in medical school to be able to volunteer and something that hasn't happened in years that we've had this type of pandemic?
5: Yes. So um, this is definitely a once in a lifetime thing. Um, and I think it, it means a great deal because as a student, you know, your first thing is you want to be there, but you know, legally and with everything happening, you can't necessarily be a student anymore. You now have to volunteer and kind of do it at your own risk. Um, Personally, it's been very rewarding for me because this is my home state. This is where I plan on completing the rest of my clinical training. So I think it just shows, number one, like what I'm willing to put forth. But at the same time as a student going down in history, something that I probably will never live to see again, something I can tell my kids, my grandkids. Um, So I think it's a big it's a big deal as a student. And what has it done to raise your awareness? I think it's more so taught me how to look outside the box. Um, think about things that we no longer truly think about, like the average person washes their hands after they eat, after they brush their teeth, just basic things. But now people are learning, okay, I need to literally wash my hands for 20 seconds after I touch something, especially something that has not already been clean or sanitized. I need to be mindful of when I'm going to the store, how close I am to people. I think it's, it's raised awareness in different in different aspects of everyday life, not just the healthcare aspect for me. So it's definitely heightened awareness with just your everyday life.
4: Are you doing anything differently when you get to your home?
5: I do. So um, I currently, I live with my parents just because it helped me save money since I'm from this area. And as soon as I come home, we have a set area. We have a, like a mudroom patio area. I literally remove the scrubs, the tennis shoes, Um, I go ahead and put my scrubs in the washer by themselves. My face mask never leaves my car, the one that I do use to go in and out of the hospital. And the shoes, I never track them necessarily in the house. So I kind of keep everything that I've gone to the hospital with in a safe, secure area, um, being that I don't want to expose my family and my friends or anything like that. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily around COVID, so I'm not too scared about it. I just would rather be more careful than not.
4: When you talk to patients, Mm -hmm. what is your concern when you talk with them, do you hear fear in their voice?
5: I do. I will say I haven't necessarily talked to a patient who actually has had COVID, but I've talked to people coming to a hospital that have had a procedure scheduled for the past couple of months. And this procedure is something they need. So they still have to come in. But you, you hear fear, fear, because, number one, it's no longer visitors allowed with them. It's no longer um this big parade of people that you see in the hospital kind of kind of on a normal basis. People can't even go to the cafeteria like regular. So you still hear the fear, but it's a, it's, it's a fear of the unknown. It's a fear of what's next. How, how long is this going to be? What's going to be our new normal? Um And I think no one has really has the answer to those questions. You just take it day by day. I know if, as a spiritual person, I just kind of, you know, think to myself, you know, you just walk by faith, have faith in what you do faith in, everything you you your next steps um and I try to just bring that to the people I talk to or the people who I come into communication with can't necessarily guarantee you anything but at the end of the day I can offer that smile I can offer that that piece of hope I can be that person if you need somebody to talk to because you don't have a visitor here to talk to you or anything like that
4: well Ashley Brown we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us about this and uh, we appreciate what you're doing to help Mississippians
5: through this difficult time Yes,
1: Sam. Thank you so much. Ezekiel Gonzalez is an M.D., Ph.D. candidate at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, where he is working on his medical degree and Ph.D. simultaneously. Gonzalez, who's in his fifth year of medical school, is chair of the COVID-19 student volunteer response team. He's assigned to the medical center's drive through te- uh, drive-through testing site at the fairgrounds in Jackson. He talks with our Desiree Fraser.
3: Uh, we sent a lot of medical students and dental students and nursing students out to the fairgrounds or, or to uh, employee uh, testing sites at UMC. But we sent a lot of graduate students uh, to help assemble uh, test kits at the medical center. And then we sent um, students from Population Health to help man some of the telephone lines um, there at the Mississippi Department of Health. What so is it like
4: being over a project that something that important, uh, something that we haven't seen before? It's inspiring.
3: And really, it's it's, you know, being able to you know go to bed at night, realizing that I'm in a small way, part of the solution and not part of the problem is I think it's exhilarating.
4: Is there any fear that you might contract the virus?
3: Yes, I think there's there's a healthy fear, um, when I was at the fairgrounds, uh, I don't think that fear registered in me until I was fully donned in the face shield, and the mask, and the surgical gown. I had this one experience. Uh, I told my wife about this, where I wasn't really scared until I saw the um, the first patient car of the morning kind of approaching, and then I realized. The interesting thing is, I realized once the car came closer. That the the woman inside the car was was a lot more scared than I was. She was in tears. She was anxious. She was probably very scared about you know whether or not she had COVID. She's anxious probably about the invasive testing process. And so I just began to pray. I began That's that's what I do when I get scared. I I prayed I prayed for her, and then I just started praying for all the um, all the patients just kind of coming through the the test site and. I think that helped calm my fear, uh, but but ultimately, you know, as as a medical student, you know, we we all take an oath, um, and so we are responsible to that oath. and And I think for a young student to be out there or young intern or resident is much better, ultimately. And uh, I would rather be out there uh, than you know someone who is sixty years old. So I'm I'm happy to do it.
4: Can you describe what it's like? to administer the test
3: um there's three people who help administer the test there is the the nurse who's responsible for actually inserting uh the swab um into both nostrils there's the person that uh, receives the test kit and then there's the runner um, who's responsible for packaging that test kit and um, sending it out of the sterile tent Uh, to the support staff. So I was on the the running team. One of the, I guess, the common observations is that the patients are scared. The patients are scared. I mean, if, if you consider you are, the entire fairgrounds has been cleared and there's police on both ends and you're asked to roll down every window in your car and you're asked to uh, remain parked idle for 10 minutes while everything is ventilated in your car. And then you approach, right, from almost, let's say, about a quarter mile away, you approach this army-type looking tent in the middle of the fairgrounds. And the first person you see, so as a runner, I would come up full garb, and they can't see our faces, we're all masked, and we're waving them in. And that, to me, I think that would be a very unsettling experience it's not like you're walking into a your family physician's office and you're being warmly greeted um, by the nursing staff there's a consciousness that we are protecting ourselves from you but yet we do want to help uh, we want to help you um, but it I guess what I wanted to underscore is it's very very different um, than a normal uh, your normal visit to the doctor's office.
4: Ezekiel, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us about
1: this.
3: We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ms. Frazier.
1: With community transmission a persistent concern, the Mississippi Department of Health is continuing its aggressive testing strategy. Two one-day collection sites will be available tomorrow, one in Jones County at the Laurel Fairgrounds, the other in Winston County at the Louisville Coliseum. Anyone experiencing symptoms related to COVID-19 or who has known or potential exposure to someone with COVID-19 and feels they should be tested must first go through a free screening from a UMMC clinician through the C Spire Health app. Testing hours are noon to 4, and only those with appointments will be tested. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, and if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it.